Welcome to the Author Factor Podcast, where we break down exactly how smart business owners and corporate leaders leverage the powerful advantage of being a published book author. I'm your host, Mike Capuzzi, and you're in the right place if you want profitable, nonfiction book writing tips. How do you transform adversity into a springboard for success? Ahmad Vital, a motivational consultant, international speaker, and author, has been answering this question for people across the globe. He doesn't just inspire, he equips his audience with concrete strategies for personal and professional triumph. With a background in studying high-performing athletes, Ahmad has distilled his wisdom into a practical program that sparks change. His latest book, Now What?, Five Steps to Get Up and Create the Most Out of Life, isn't just another self-help manual. It's a lifeline for young adults navigating the complexities of maturity and success. Ahmad, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, you and I were just talking for 10 minutes. I think we could probably talk for another two hours and 10 minutes. I love what you're doing. I love the, 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 the energy, just the, the, the drive to help our young kids. I love it, Ahmad. Why don't you share a little bit for my listeners a bit about your background and you know, what you're doing today? You know, thank you for that. And I mean, really, if we just want to just kind of just wrap it up and keep it tight, I'm a motivational speaker, author, and mental performance coach. And obviously, you can run down your resume of so many different things. But really and truly, Mike, it's, it's interesting that, that I'm on this podcast talking about these things because I just really consider myself a young man from a small town in Texas with a pen in his hand and a dream. Um, everything I do, everything on my resume comes from the fact that me with a pen to pad is what is the foundation of me. I feel like it's God's greatest gift that he's given me. Outside of the word, my pen is my greatest weapon. And so me as a writer, author, is, is the foundation of me and it leads the way for everything I do. Every stage I take, every book I write, every uh, curriculum I put together, every coaching session, it all comes down to the fact that it's me with my thoughts, with a pen in hand and a pad next to my next to my side. Well, I love that, Ahmad. First of all, that uh, is a bit old school, right? I've got my pen right next to me. Uh, it, it drives my kids nuts, you know. I, and I do like to type, but I'm, I'm old school too. And um, you know, it's powerful what that pen can do—the metaphor of the pen. But you were sharing with me before we hit the record button because you're also a youth minister, right? You 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 serve a lot of young younger generation. I'd like you to go a little bit deeper, Ahmad, because again, I have a connection. I've got two young, young women in my life, my daughters. Tell me about your passion for helping these young kids these days. You know, years ago, I, I ran into a mentor who, who really got me on the idea of serving and, and, and serving at, at a very high level. And then I realized as I was coming up, I've been a sports writer. I've been a writer since I was basically 10 years old. I was writing for major newspapers when I was 14. And as I went through my life at different points, the pen was always in my hand. And I was obviously, you know, after I became an author, I became a speaker and all these things started coming together. But when I was trying to bring everything in my life together, probably happened late twenties, I mean, late thirties, early forties, where I was just like, all right, God, where are you sending me to do this work? And I realized that the common denominator at every point in my life, whether it was college football recruiting analyst, whether it was a sports writer, whether it was doing stuff in community service, whether it was doing things in the church, 
I realized that there was a demographic of young people. I was always, it was always, you know, teenager through about 28 to 30. That was, that was, they were the core of, let's just say 75% of all, all the work I was doing. Even parents reaching out to me on behalf of the kids. And so I look at the future generation as the only future we have. There, without them, there is no future. We, you know, most of us are already kind of on the midpoint of life, maybe midlife, whatever you want to call it. But if we don't build a bridge to future generations, what are we doing? If we don't put in the work to leave the world better than when we left it for those behind us, for our children, for their children's children, then what are we doing? And so that is kind of my God-given purpose at this point in my life. It's like, if I'm not helping youth, then what good am I doing to the world? And so that is where my passion comes from. And now I'm sold out on it. Um, let's just say probably 50% of what I do with my day has to deal with young people. And, and I don't apologize for that. I have meetings and different uh, sessions with young men uh, throughout the week, many times throughout the week. I tie quite a bit of hours to that. So um, that's extremely important to me. And that's a mission that I probably will be on until literally my last breath. There's probably few missions that are probably as important, as critical as what you're sharing there, Ahmad, which brings us to your most recent book, because you've, you've published several books, but now what? Tell me about that journey, because you were sharing, you know, the time frame you wrote it, what was going on in the world, so that obviously had an impact, but t tell me a little bit about, you know, why you decided that, to write that book, and then who it's for, and if you would, just share a tip or two from the book to inspire some folks to want to go out and get it for, for themselves. Sure. I was, uh, I, was, I was driving down one of our major highways here in Houston, and I was listening to some podcasts, and I was listening to a number of uh, just news broadcasts and different things. You know, and it was in the summer of 2020. I'm sure your audience knows a few things that was going on during that time. And I just had enough. It was a lot of screaming about what's owed to me. Who, who who's that fault? Um, give me, give me, give me. No, it's always all this deserve talk and all of this old talk. And it's just like, no, you earn, you don't deserve anything. You earn and 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 it's 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 you you get it by the by the work you put in. And so now what was a culmination of <laughs> me writing an outline while I'm driving. Don't don't try this at home, people. Uh, I'm making an outline of the book. And I realize that if I'm looking at a situation and I'm coaching someone who's dealing with the worst case scenario, and I did this profile because uh, a classmate of mine was actually dealing with a multitude of things. And I was just like, how in the world can I get this guy, this woman from point A to point B with all of these receipts that are not working for them. And so I came up with a strategy. The strategy was a five-step strategic process, which led to now what? Now what? Get uh, Five steps to get up and create the most of life. We start with reflection. How did we get here? There's a pile of dirty clothes in, in, my, in my living room. There's a fire in the kitchen and my kids are screaming at me in the other room. Okay, now what are we going to do? First, you got to identify how all that mess got there in the first place. And so we reflect. Then we decide, okay, life is pretty bad right now. What do we want to do? And that's where we go into the decide chapter. And there's a lot of different strategies broken down in the decide chapter is how you come to the point. You know, this is where you maybe start putting together a mind map. Maybe you start laying things out on the sticky note and saying, okay, here's this 
Here's this thing I want. All right, let's just lay it out there. I don't care how big it is. Let's just put it out there. Then we go into the planning phase. So we have reflect, decide, and now we plan. Okay, how in the world do we get to Dallas from Houston? How do we get to Fort Lauderdale from Atlanta? How do we get to that destination of where the goal is? And so now we start you know, putting together business plans. We start putting together um, just some more step-by-step -step goals to get to the larger goals. As one of my, uh, as one of my teachers said, the big kahuna goal. Like how many small goals to get to the big kahuna? And then of course we go into action. That's the act phase. You, are, you cannot plan your way fully to get to going. You have to hit the road and realize there's roadblocks along the way, especially for all our authors out there who've written anything. Lord knows you're going to change. That book is going to transform about three, four, five times, but you're on the road and you're going to have to go out there and then you're going to, have to learn along the way and start moving things around because you know what? Sometimes the roadblock is part of the journey. The bear trap is part of the journey. And so we go into our action phase and our last and our most important one, I feel like for me is seek. So we got reflect, decide, plan, act, and seek. And that's seeking counsel. Mike, we're talking about the idea that you don't do life alone. I know that COVID and society today is like, you know, stay in your silo. You just, it's all you. You made this happen. You're a one-person success. Those are lies. You need a community around you. And, and if I would say one of the tips that I want to give someone is for one, get out of the house, get out of your room, get out of your office and go meet with some people. And, and I, I came up with a profile for those you need to make this transition out of life, whether whatever you're trying to do, right? Write a book, start a podcast, start a family, career change, whatever. Like you're in the depths, you're in the pit, you're in the valley. How do you get out of it? And I think that there's three key people you need in your life for this. I call it an AA member, an accountability ally. This is somebody who's somewhat of a mentor, but just kind of an all-encompassing, have a, have a pretty good array of, of, of ideas. There may not be the, the direct person you need, but it's the person who, when you write your goals down, you hand it to this person and say, hey, this is what I want to do. Hold me accountable. This is where you get the yes people out of your life, right? You get the yes people, the people who just, oh, everything you do is awesome. It's like, no, where am I going wrong here? You need that accountability ally, that mentor. Then whatever you're deciding to go into this part of the goal, I like to call it the expert. Someone you can go in and apprentice with. Someone you can go in and learn the craft, whether it's HVAC, whether it's, you know, um, <laughs> Uh, something in the in the in the STEM field, whether it's some form of study, whether it's a business, go find the expert in your area and submit yourself to them. Right? Open up to them and say, you know what? I this is what I'm trying to do. May I sit down with you and hopefully I can come along and learn from you directly and and, and be and be your apprentice and understand because you're a successful individual in this line of work, which is a part of my goal. And the last person I, I like to call, I like to call it Papa, the elder, you know, the, 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 the patriarch of the family or whatever that looks like for you. The old wise gentleman, like the, the guy who just, who's like they always say, he's forgotten more than what you could ever remember, would ever know. Just someone, and I, and I look to this person and this person is important in my life. It's not so much the strategic part of life that you need them for. It's more like the moral 
part of life. This might be where you want to use a pastor, minister, or just an old school, good hearted man to be able to guide you through this thing called life. Where, whereas we do certain things, it may not be illegal, but morally, is this a good thing to do? You need that person to keep that moral barometer there for you and help you understand the intricacies of life as you're on your path. Because a lot of times when you get to so much strategy and you don't realize along the way that you're maybe doing some things that's pushing the envelope in the wrong way. Are you harming people by doing what you're doing? You need that person who will say, hey, that's not good to do that. We should discontinue that immediately. And you need to go, you know, apologize to that person for doing what you did. I think those are the that, that would be one of the tips is get you some community and get you and get you a council of people around you who can pour into you, who can love on you, who can pray for you, who can do all of these things, empower you and, and instruct you in a better way. And that would be the five steps that are building on now what, but those are, those are some of the key. That was one of the primary key tips that I wanted to share with your audience is get out of your office, get out of your house and get out there and go find you a community to help you build uh, this thing called life and the goal that you're looking to seek. Yeah. Ahmad, obviously very profound, very insightful, a lot of wisdom there. And again, I think the passion, you know, you and I were speaking for 30 seconds, you know, 20, 30 minutes ago, and I could sense it in you. I mean, not only just the fact that you showed up early for the interview, I could just, there's something you can just sense that, that passion and energy. So thank you very much for that. I, I want to go kind of off script a little bit because I love what you're sharing here. You know, again, because you're a fan of the pen, I got to imagine there's more books in your future. Is that, is that the case? Like, or do you, do you see yourself continuing to share your wisdom, your ideas through books? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and, and I'll be honest with you and your audience, there are at least three to four books in composition books to my left and to my right in here. I have, I think by now I probably have 70 composition books in here that are always ready when I want to start a new project, but I literally have two to three books that are about 75, 80% done, um, in the written form that just haven't been typed up and formulated and, you know, brought together. But yes, um, my life will always include the pen. Yeah. I, <laughs> I almost want to say I literally will leave this earth with a pen in my hand. <laughs> like I'm, 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 I'm that connected to writing. To me, it's the greatest form. I love speaking and I love being in front of people, but I love being in the lab, letting the ideas yeah. just flow in my head and just drop them on a page and be like, okay, editor, take all this and figure it out. Because I've been writing straight for three weeks, sort it out and see what we have here. So yes, the power of the pen for me, it is the greatest tool God has ever given me. And I plan to use it literally my entire life. So yes, there are plenty more books uh, in my future. Uh, how many? Who knows? I don't even care. All I know is that I will continue putting out works than in the written form. That's awesome. And, and I, I'm a kindred spirit. I, I feel the same way. I can't talk a book out. I can't, you know, all these different ways. I, I love just to write. Um, and I get that. So I get that passion. Going back, because this podcast is about inspiring others to write, whether it's with the pen, you know, talking it out, whatever it might be, but just to share wisdom, ideas, stories through a book. Mm -hmm. You, you've written and published several books in the past. You've got more coming. 
Ahmad, what tip or wisdom would you share with someone who has yet to write that first book, for example? You know, but they know they want to share something, but they, in their own head, they have head trash. You know, I'm not smart enough. I'm not enough good enough writer. I don't know where to start. What wisdom would you share with that that person? Two things I would share with them. For one, um, the old school composition book, uh, the black and white, the one that some of us used in college or whatever. Get one of those and carry that around with you like you carry a wallet or purse. Meaning that throughout your day, just unload, just let it out. You know, a lot of people are like, man, I want to write a book and I'm not sure I want it to be about this, this, and this. I'm just like, just write, just write and just let it out. And whatever's there, let it sit for a little while. Maybe at the end of the week, you go back and look at it. Now, now don't be discouraged because there might be some, like you said, there may, it may be taken out the trash, but there's, but you got to remember just like when there's a fire right? There's a gem within the fire, right? Because it may not be all of that text that you need. You're an author, you know, as well as I do. How many words have we written that are in the author garbage can that will never be seen again, right? You know, you hand your stuff over to an editor and it's just like, um, where's my work? There's 12 words left. I sent you 3000. What happened? And, and that's one tip I would give them to just steady stay writing, just either carve out some time. And I always tell some people like, Wake up 30 minutes early, write. Go to bed 30 minutes a little after, write. Give yourself an hour each day with that. And for those who like, you know, I don't really, really write too well or I don't know how to get my thoughts out, go to the electronic store. Go to an electronic store and get you a pocket recorder. Get you a pocket recorder and keep it on you all the time. And the second you're thinking about something, put it out, hit record and just talk. And just talk, talk, whatever's on your mind. It's almost like you're turning, it's almost like you're having a mobile podcast, right? And after a week or so, get out there, get on any of the sites that have uh, services or people and have someone transcribe that for you. So just record yourself, pull the audio file, send it to someone and have them transcribe it. And then you'll see your, your verbal words in the written form and then you can take it from there. So you don't technically even have to actually write if writing is something that's not, you know, your thing. I mean, you could take your you could take your phone and flip it around and and go to a voice memo and just start talking, talking about whatever's on your mind. And that way, once you talk it out and then you read it, you're just like, oh, OK, that might spark you to be able to actually write it. Or you can continue doing the verbal part. There's a ton of books out there written from interviews that are done with people. So don't let these little mental blocks block you from, from your blessing of writing a book. Just open up, use one of those two methods. I'm pretty sure they can work. One of those can work for everybody. And, um, and let's get on the journey. More books, the better. I want, us to flood the, I want us to flood the world with books, right? And I'm not saying all these books are awesome. I'm saying more information is good and let's sift it out and see who... Who has a book that's going to be worth it? Because I can tell you right now, something that you're putting on paper is going to be for somebody. How many? Who knows? But somebody's going to pick that book up and say, you know what? That was the book that changed my life. And that's all we need. One. One. Just one. Because you don't know what that one person is going to end up being. Yeah, Ahmad, I 
again, I share that often. You don't know, and you got to get out of your way because if you don't, if you don't, if you allow head trash or technical stuff to prevent you from sharing that message through a book, you're not going to be able to help that person. So, uh, and you don't know. And as a book author, and you know this, and I'm going to ask you as we get ready to wrap up here about the impact of being an author, but you know that your book, your books have changed lives. Most of the times you don't know who. You're not, not everyone's writing a letter or posting it on Amazon or sending you an email, but it does happen and it's important. So Ahmad, as we get ready to wrap up, I, I can't wait to hear your answer, but I'd love to hear what it has meant to you to be a book author. It's an honor to be able to put pen to pad to print and give people things that I've tried and done and now I want to share it with someone else. Um, as you said, I've, I've written, I've published three books. I've written tons of other ones. And, and it's interesting because even when you take those books and turn them into a keynote or something along those lines. I've, I've learned over time that when I'm speaking and I have my points and all these things and all these references, the thing that wasn't even the thing, it was a sidebar comment, is when someone came up to me in tears and said, that was me you were talking to. And I'm thinking like, I barely remember saying it, but that was what changed the life. And to me, that's what life is about when you're an author from the standpoint of you don't know what line, what chapter, what point of reference is going to come to someone and say, you know what? I stopped a, I stopped somebody from, from harming themselves. I stopped somebody from getting a divorce. I stopped somebody from, from giving up on their dream. I mean, the list can go on because there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And it may not show up till about 10, 12 years later, which has happened to me on more than one occasion on stuff that I wrote and I can't even remember it. But I know that there was a young man out there who was just like, you know what? I read that article that you wrote and I became an engineer and now I have a family because of that article. And I'm like, Jesus, how in the world does that happen? Hmm. So for me, it's worth it for the one. And actually, when you open up now what? And, and on the dedication page, it says to the one. I want the one. Who is the one? I don't know, but I want the one. That's it. To, to have seen that and life changed because of something I thought and wrote. That is, a, is one of the greatest gifts you could ever have in life. And I will continue doing what I do for the one. And I hope your audience does the same. Oof, I love it. Ahmad, how can our listeners learn more about you? Where's the best place to get your books, including now what? Um, AhmadVital.com is the hub. This is basically my first name, my last name. And the interesting thing is if you type my first and last name in there, all the things that I have, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, X, will come up, all those things will come up and you can reach me at any of those through direct message. My email address is connected to all of those. Um, love to hear from them. If they want a, a free digital copy of Now What, uh, my publisher has made it available for them. It's booknowwhat.com. That's book, 
nowwhat.com. You can get a free digital copy. Check it out. We'd love for you to go out and pick up one. It's on 33 different uh, digital platforms. Pick whichever one is most conducive for, for you, the one you like to use. Any of those bookstores, the book is available. We'd love to to hear from you and get and get your feedback on it. And if I don't hear back from you, you know, I just want you to know that uh, a lot of love went into that book and a lot of love goes into all my work. And so even if I never hear from you, if you're living a greater life because of something you read and now what, I, I, I sleep, I can sleep much better at night knowing that I'm doing what I was called to do and be able to provide that service for you. So look forward to hearing from some of you. But if I don't, go be great. And be a winner in this life. We need more of that. And we need more people standing up uh, for values that are going to move the, the culture forward. And and I support you in that way. And if I can support you in any way with that, please do reach out. Um, there's resources available that I will make, make for you for whatever city, country, town, or municipality you're in. I will be there available for you to be able to help with that. So reach out to me and let me know. I appreciate you all. Ahmad, thank you very much. I appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me on. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Author Factor podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on Apple iTunes. Subscribe, tell a friend, and go grab the notes and extras at theauthorfactor.com. And to learn more about my unique short book publishing services, please check out bitesizebooks.com. See you next time.